was clever. <laughs> I mean, like, it's some people are going to roll their eyes. Other people are going to be like, ha, ah, that's, that's super funny. And the normal people are going to be like, <sighs> just cringing. If there's a such thing as a normal person that listens to this podcast. Welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. Recorded live from Shikadagashi, where if you play your cards right, a stunningly beautiful and crazed Lolita will teach you all about the myriad wonders of Dagashi too. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I have our Master of Monster Girls, Marcus. I probably should have known from the beginning of the Monogatari series that there'd be like a lot of Monster Girls in this. Because, I mean, there's that cat girl in it, and mmm, boy. Mmm, mmm, mmm. I'm of Shota's, it's Shotaro. I'm chewing on watermelon skin right now. Kinky. Um, <laughs> our filthy casual Jason. Let me out of the corner, guys. What's up? <laughs> and joining us tonight, we have a special guest all the way from, where is it? Israel, Israel, mate. Israel. Israel. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Nitai, introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Nitai, and it's free. Uh, God damn it. 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah, that's what I do for you guys. Anyway, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> a lot of coffee. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Nitai, and I basically study uh, electronics right now, and because I study, I have a lot of time to watch anime, so good for me. Um, I started watching anime when I was like five years old uh, on TV. They had like Dragon Ball Z, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Card Captain Sakura. That's the kind of shows I grew up on. And then uh, after a while, I just kind of stopped watching anime. And then about three years ago, uh, a friend of mine recommended me a small show called Death Note. So I said, "All right, I'll give it a shot." Watched the first episode, fell in love with it, and came right back to anime. And yeah, I'm back in the game. So yeah, good stuff. Cool. Do you have a favorite anime? Um, basically, I think I have a lot of favorites, but right off the top of my head, I think Bakano is one of the real ones I keep thinking about whenever I talk about anime. So let's say Bakano for the moment. Cool. That's a good one. It's quality. It doesn't get nearly the credit it deserves, in my opinion. Yeah. Criminally underrated. Yep. Go watch Bakano now if you haven't. Um. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so, welcome. <laughs> you don't know what you got yourself into, trust me. Oh, no. Uh, this podcast is quite kinky already. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, before we get into our topic tonight, um, I just want to get into a few current events. Um, it's been actually, although it won't seem that way if you're listening, it's actually been a couple weeks since we recorded. Um in the two weeks, uh, I had the pleasure to meet another member of our uh, podcast group, John, face-to-face for the first time. 
uh, he flew all the way over from Washington State to stay with me for a week, and we went to MetroCon in Tampa, Florida, with uh, Riker, who also lives in Florida. He came to stay with me, too. Um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, spending a week with John is certainly something. Um, <laughs> he got to play tourist for a week, and he got to go to an anime convention. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it was fun. Spent way too much money. We all spent way too much money. <laughs> and John the whole time was worried about how many figures he could fit back into a suitcase. <laughs> the whole time we're going through the dealer's room, he's like, I can only buy three or four Mikus. I can only buy three or four Mikus. <laughs> and he's like, I want that Miku. I want that Miku. I want that <laughs> Did he tell you he wasn't going to buy much? And then all of a sudden, like, next minute, it's like, yo, there's 400 bucks gone. <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay, I, I don't have a whole lot of room for too many things. And all of a sudden, it's like, half your suitcase is full, man. <laughs> I said, do you need me to ship your clothes back home? But nah, it was fun. Um, yeah, he's, he ended up spending way too much money. We all did. Um, one thing that was different for me at this convention, I don't usually buy a whole bunch of artwork. And that's what I bought most of this time around. I bought a couple of wall scrolls i got uh some artwork from some local artists i actually got a commission done while i was there nice did that you do a specific thing or like did yeah you it's uh i got a commission done it's like a um it's a little bit smaller than an eight by ten but it's um maya from ace attorney huh. which ah. is something i absolutely love um Speaking of which, I've actually found, since there's the Ace Attorney anime is actually airing right now, I actually found a piece of merchandise at the um, at the convention that's from the anime and not from the games. I was actually kind of excited about that. It's a, it's a mug that says Egeti on it, which is objection. <laughs> so, that's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. It was pretty fun. Uh, it was nice to see John face-to-face for the first time. Hopefully I get to see the rest of you face-to-face eventually. Well, if you come out to SoccerCon this year, you should come to SoccerCon since he went all the way out there for your con. Yeah, I might actually do that next year. Yeah, because SoccerCon... Don't forget you dressed up as Best Girl. I did? Oh, yeah, I did. Um, I actually... uh, One of the things I do... I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the podcast. I do cosplay. Um, I have the stalwart that I always go with, which is Sora from No Game, No Life. But this time, I tried to. I wanted to challenge myself. I did Kaiki from the Monogatari series. Mm. And um, it was fun. Uh, it turned out a lot better than I expected. Uh, and a lot of people at the convention, as they walked by me, would go, Best girl. <laughs> <laughs> Best girl. I was like, yeah, you're not wrong. Um. I was uh, I wasn't like Kaiki from Nise. I was Kaiki from Hitagi N, which is Hawaiian shirt Kaiki, which I think is the best Kaiki. But other people might have a different opinion on that. Well, from where I'm at in the show, he's just kind of there. He hasn't really done anything other than like I'm kind of a douche. How do you like me now? <laughs> he's an he's a yeah, cool well, that's how he off. That huh? is very much how he starts off, but trust me by Hitagi N, he becomes like the fucking hero of the entire series. Hmm. Stay with it, Marcus. Stay with it. I think no, no, no. I'm enjoying it. Like one of my favorite parts was when they go to the donut shop, which, by the way, was one of the cutest scenes. When she was like, "Master, I have inside information. What is it? Okay, don't let anybody else know. But from what I've heard, don't let anybody else know this. By the way, 
Mr. Donut is having a 50% off or whatever it is. And then he's like, yeah, okay, I'll buy you some donuts. It's like, no, I want to go. It's like, you're not going to go, okay? You're a vampire. You won't survive the sunlight. It's like, come on. I'm not even, you know, and they go on this whole thing. And then they finally go there and she flips out and goes, look at all the donuts. And then they, you know, they buy some. And then it's like, as they're eating, uh, she goes, well, what about that guy over there? And then Kaiki's just sitting there eating a donut. And she's just like, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, well, I can't, I can't come back to the town to like eat a donut. It's like, you know, you're not here for that. And I don't know. I just thought that scene was super funny where it's like, look, I'm eating a donut. You're eating a donut. Can't we all just go nuts? <laughs> I actually genuinely love that scene. There's a great gif meme with that, by the way, where he turns around and spits out his coffee. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, he yeah. says, my day is ruined. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. Anyway. We've already had an entire episode about the Monica Arthur series. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so uh, our topic for tonight uh, is we're going to talk about some of our favorite uh, heroes slash protagonists from some of the series that we all know and love. Because everyone wants a hero, right? I'm actually glad you put it in as both heroes slash protagonists, not heroes. I did, and... that, I, I did that for a very specific reason. Because did some you? of the people I would say... I did, because there was one person in particular I want to talk about who's not really a hero, but he is a protagonist. Oh, man, we might be thinking the same person, but, like, I was going to say, yeah, like, he's a hero, but he's not a protagonist, you know. But then at the same time, I have one who is the protagonist who's definitely not a hero, so... I think so. you and I are talking about the same person. Okay, who are you Ooh. talking about? Light Yagami. Oh, I'm thinking of Lelouch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're person, close, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. In fact, those are always the two I compare. I'm like, if you like Death Note, you like Code Geass. If you like Code Geass, you'll like Death Note, you know? They're kind of the same idea. It's true. But Light does things that are not in any way heroic, but he is the protagonist of that series. Mm-hmm. I mean, so does Lelouch. I think that they're pretty much the same. It's just that they ended differently. Yeah, yeah, I would say I would say they're same character, different setting. Yeah, uh, I mean, the a only bit difference, more sympathetic, I think. Sorry, go ahead. I I said that Lelouch, in my opinion, at least, is a bit more sympathetic than uh, Light, because Light has this just a vision of the world he wants, but Lelouch has like a motive of okay, I want to create a better world for my sister, and I think that's a bit makes him a bit more relatable. But that's just my opinion. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's. Like, I mean, he yeah. says that, but the things he does are pretty wicked. Ah, sure, sure. Well, when he starts out, it was all about his sister, and then he realizes later on, like when when. Okay, spoiler warning: in like five, four, three, two, one. But like when he quote unquote thinks his sister dies, then he like goes into this weird thing where he's like, "I have nothing to live for anymore." It's like obviously sure. you don't care, and then after that. Turns out, oh yeah, you know, you know how I thought my sister was dead. Guess what? Now she's against me, and it's like, now what do I fight for? Like, if she's my enemy, and I'm trying to work to better the world for her, then what do I do? Like, he went through so much stuff that was like, oh god, what you know, what am I supposed to do in this case? And you know, obviously, I can use my power on him to do whatever. But like, the thing is, is like, Lelouch had a harder time, I think, once people found out his power, of like. All we got to do is make sure he can't see us or, you know, he can't see our eyes and it became harder to like figure out how do I get through this crap 
all uh, Light had to do was like, well, do I know your name? Yeah. Do I know your face? Cool. You're dead. Bye. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> that's all it took. Here's the also, thing, though. They're both they're both doing like the wrong thing, but for the right reason. Yep. That's how I see it. They're both yeah. they're both committing absolutely horrible acts, but in the end, they end up being better for the world around them. Yeah. Because Great. light, well, he starts out just killing like prisoners and basically evil people, yeah. and but he. I mean, he becomes evil himself because he d- starts not limiting himself to that. Yeah. Because he starts killing people that are getting in his way. Like, one of the scenes when it's like, and every time I watch this, I always think, like, mm, I mean, if I was in his position, could I do it? But he's like, oh, I mean, I could kill my sister, and that would definitely get rid of it. It's like, dude, why would you even think that? Like, you just t- you just took it a place that you probably should never, like, because that's, that's starting to go into your deep subconscious of, like... I mean, she's threat. Based, she's not doing anything, but her being there in the situation she was, it was like, if I kill her now, they don't have any leverage, which means they, you know, if he had done that, it would have worked out in his favor, hundred percent. But at the yeah. same time, they would have been like, well, how would he? How would this person, if we don't know who he is, how would this person know this? You know, this person's face? Then they could have linked it back to him, and I think that's the only reason he didn't kill her, because it was like he just really didn't care. About anybody. In fact, I don't know if he really did care about his dad or not. So, yeah. Um, I would say that I would say the same thing. You could apply the same logic to Lelouch, though. Yeah. Like I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm back. I was actually going to say the thing is, light is in quite interesting to me because at cer- at a certain point, it it seems like he actually enjoys all the very messed up things he does because it's another here's another spoiler for you um there is that moment when he basically um makes the what i can't remember her name but she was the wife of the uh, agent who was after him oh i love that scene that was such a good episode that scene was brilliant because you also also saw how much he sort of enjoyed it so that's also something that and that's the cool thing about Death Note for me, because there's no one really is that of a good guy, you could say. But yeah. also, but st- you still, for at least me, I was rooting for life for some reason. But then yeah, you no, go no, to that scene, it's like, oh, that's messed up. <laughs> yeah. Every time yeah, I, I watch, that's because he starts out with such noble intentions, then he just starts to spiral further and further down into insanity. It gets harder and yeah. harder for you to root for him. Mm-hmm. So I've seen this show four times. And each with a different person. I haven't just watched it four times by myself. But, like, when I first watched it, 100% on Light's side, thought the ending was the absolute worst thing ever. I was like, this is such a stupid ending. I hate it. Then, second time through, I was kind of middle. Like, I was like, alright, I see why. Like, I mean, he's doing some good here. He's doing, a, you know, some bad. And then after a while, he's like, okay, he's doing a lot of bad. Third time through, I was like, oh, man, he's 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 really bad. Like, he, he's a douche. And then, like, after a while, I watched it the fourth time with my dad. And, like, watching it with my dad as a different perspective, it was like, oh, man, I never really thought about these morality things. And, you know, it's like, some of the things he was doing was obviously bad. But, like, if you're, if you're killing a really bad person, but, like, at the same time, you're killing the, a lot of innocent people and stuff. It's like, 
uh, I mean, you're evil on one end, but then you're really good. I don't know if you call it good, but you're, you know, not evil on the other end. It gets weird. And the fourth time through, I, I just had mixed feelings all across the board, even though I'd already seen it. Yeah. So it's like, this show is really good rewatch value, even if you already know what's going to happen. Just to re-experience these scenes, it's, you know, it's a really good way to do it. Yeah. Definitely one of the best for a reason. Yeah. Sure. It's got great characters. And also, That's let's the... not forget, the uh, the real hero of this show gets the least amount of screen time. Uh, no, are no. you talking about Ryuk? No, I'm talking about <laughs> Ma- I'm talking about Matsuda. Oh, <laughs> sure. Never forget. Here's a quick question: Am I of the minority who thinks the ending was pretty good? Because I enjoyed it. I thought I think the ending's ending good. Great. On yeah. my third time through, I thought it was a good ending. It was just one of those. If you're rooting, I mean, obviously we've been talking it for a while, so. If you're rooting for light the whole time, and then you see the ending, then, like, uh, I don't think you're going to like it. But if you're like, yeah, that's what you get, you asshole, then, yeah. that's I loved it. I thought the ending was good, but I didn't like it. Yeah, that's Because good I was a staunch light supporter, so. <laughs> but you think, you, you didn't agree with the ending, but you thought it was well executed. I thought it was appropriate, okay. so. Sure. That's fair enough. I, it, yeah. Like like I said, like I say, it's it depends on who you're actually pulling for in the course of the story. Depends on your morality, I suppose. Also, the execution of that final scene was, in my opinion, was it was amazing. <laughs> I think execution. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shall we move off of Death Note? Yeah. Sure. Who's got another one? Don't all jump in at once. I got one. Okay, so one of my favorite protagonists is a group of well, not a group, but it's a it's a pair, and it's blank from No Game No Life. Because like, oh, yes, they're so yes. good as like contrasting. Even though like Shiro is almost emotionless. I mean, she she does have emotions, but most of the time she's quote unquote blank. And like that was a really good way for like um, Sora was the. You know, he was the front end of, like, the, look, I'm the one that does all the talking, I'm the one that does all the whatever, and I got her when I need her, but then, like, sometimes it's like, crap, I don't know how to do this, and it's like, well, I'm the brains of the operation, and in comes Shiro, you know, and she's like, it was just a really good contrast of, you could almost consider, even though they were two different people, it was like, this is considered probably one main protagonist, because it's like, they work together, like, there was that whole episode where, you know, Sora was, or yeah, Sora was gone, and it was like, what does she do when she's by herself? And it, you got to see, you know, one side of the coin of like, this is what happens when you take. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a good analogy. I was just trying to go for one, <laughs> couldn't come up with one. But like, I don't know. It's a really good. Um, you know, I'm gonna call. It, I'm gonna consider it one protagonist. They're two different characters, but together they make one really good protagonist and quote hero. Because they save, basically, an entire country, or, well, they save an entire, like, um, nation of people from not, like, going into, quote-unquote, slavery. Because, I mean, that's that's what would have happened if they weren't there. Yeah. So, yeah. that's they what also, They also keep talking about how <clears throat> they function like one unit, so it does make sense to think of them, like, as one 
like as as our as our protagonists, I think, because mm -hmm. they keep mentioning, yeah, we're like a unit, so it makes sense. I consider them actually a single character because they work <laughs> together so well. Shut up, show. <laughs> and when they're separated, they just like go into vegetation mode. Like, <laughs> well, having, yeah, you, like when it's like, is this what happens when you two are separated? And it's like, Onijan, Shiro, yeah, Shiro, <laughs> and then he's just like running into each other's arms, like, okay, never apart again, never apart again. <laughs> it's like it's gonna be okay. Calm down. The only time they were okay. ever apart was like. Or whenever they are normally apart is when, like, she's taking a bath or whatever. Or he's taking a bath and they're, like, apart. But then he's, like, trying to sneak a peek. And then it's like, well, I don't want to look at Shiro. I mean, like, come on. She's my little sister. But, like, this girl? Yeah, I definitely got to get a look at that girl. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on. I'm Excuse me. Current. They're not related by blood. Yeah. It's okay. I was going to say, I'm just picturing Sora holding Shiro. And it's like, don't, don't worry, Shiro. We're getting a movie. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> But, but, season two win. <laughs> uh, well, there is that movie coming out, even though they're probably not going to be in it. Yeah. Dude, they've, been, yeah. they've been hanging so on that stupid. cliff for years now. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway. Um, hey, show. Mm -hmm. Give me a protagonist. Let's talk about him. Uh, okay, well, I was looking through the shows I liked, and I figured out there's this one sort of archetype that for protagonists that I'm appealed to, and it's the type of protagonist that gets like mind fucked and gets totally traumatized and just gets like thrown around. And so those protagonists I would say are like Shinji Akari from Evangelion, or <laughs> Lane from Serial Experiments Lane. Ken Kaneki from Tokyo Ghoul, and recently Subaru from ReZero. Good point. But don't, so, don't talk too much about it. We don't so, want to ruin it for uh, Natai here. Yeah. Well, obviously Shinji Akari is like the iconic one. He's no, I, the quote-unquote original, I guess. I totally agree with you, though, and I'm not going to go into detail, but yeah, I agree with you 100% on the, the Subaru thing from ReZero. Yeah. So yeah. You like, you like the characters with a tragic backstory. Or just like a tragic story, because yeah, he doesn't even happening. have. He don't even go into his backstory. <laughs> True. I don't know. Yeah. It's just you gotta you gotta have the pain to feel the meaning of life. You know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta go through it before you really know. You know, you gotta break through that outer shell to get to the inner soft, soft goo, before you know it's really good. <laughs> gotta live that masochist life. It's all well. It's also a great way to drive story forward. Sure. Because you get you can get great character development out of that, especially if these characters grow and change over time, like Shinji, kind of does. <laughs> really? I mean, he doesn't run away all the time. <laughs> I guess <laughs> he's still completely fucked in the head, but yeah, like the first time I tried to watch Evangelion, I was like getting into anime. And my first reaction was, this is disgusting. This is painful to watch. Why does anyone like this? So, oh, wait, I, are you talking about the original series from the 90s or the Rebuild movies? The, the original series. Okay. The 90s one is really, like, sugar-coated. It's not as painful to oh, watch. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's very, it's like, censored in that regard. Yeah. But then I came back to it later on, and I'm, I could really appreciate it. 
because I understood that's what it was trying to do. It wasn't, it's like, it wasn't a negative thing. That's what it was going for. And it was really interesting. So I like things like that, that really explore the dark side. It's it's good when characters have that because it just provide it actually provides for some really great storytelling typically if it's handled right. Mm-hmm. What about right. you, Jason? Jason. Um, I'd have to say one of my favorite protagonists. I know it's probably really typical, but Goku. I mean, I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z. Uh, even though there's a lot of characters like him now with all the whole, oh, I'm never going to give up, I'm going to keep training, blah, blah, blah. Like, back then, it was really, like, uh, inspirational, I guess, to, like, see him always, like, training and, and fighting and always trying to be, like, the best and stuff like that. Well, yeah, and he uh, also, so, he, he loses, you know, and it's not like... Yeah, I know, but, then, of, but he doesn't give up. He's no, just no, no, like, no, I'm going to come back like, and get stronger and... Yeah, a lot of characters these days, like, they'll keep the show going, or they'll keep the fight going until they win, but, like, at least with Goku, he's lost a couple times, then went and trained, then came back, and it's like, a lot of shows today seem to forget the fact that it's like, you know, you don't have to win during this fight, it's not like, it, I mean, unless, obviously, the world's hanging in the balance, you have to win, then, yeah, I'm pretty sure the show has to make sure they win, but if it's one of those where it's like, I don't know, like, tuning exams from Naruto, it's like, if you lose, it's not the end of the world. You can go, you can get better, you can come back. And if you lose again, you know, it's just, you just keep doing that. A lot of, but I'm saying, like, a lot of shows these days forget that fact. And they're all like, we have to yeah. make sure they win this fight, no matter what. Naruto is actually one of those protagonists that annoys me with his whole, I'm never gonna give up. So, there's also, there's also those out there. Dude, come me. on, man, you just gotta believe yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah that's like goku was just i mean probably partly because of nostalgia and everything but he's also he's one of my favorite protagonists okay. heroes whatever you want to call him he's also just a really fun character to work with i think like it like when he's when he's serious about stuff he's like very serious about it and he will kick your ass if he's serious about it but then you got like a lot of lighthearted uh, episodes with him, which like just help make him feel like a person. I think so. Yeah, he's a fun character. Horrible dad, but definitely a fun character. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I have another one. So, all right. One of my favorite shows of all time, which <laughs> I'm so I'm still annoyed that it took me this long to finish it. Um, was Hunter x Hunter because, like, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good show. The the newer one, 2011. And, like, I'm actually going to go with not Gon, but I'm going to go with Kira because Gon is great and all, and he goes through this whole, like, transformation whatever. But it's like Gon, like, almost never loses ever. Like, it's one of those no, things he does where it's lose. like... Doesn't what? He? Isn't that the point? It's like... That he does lose sometimes because he's so weak. He can't win everything. No, but like he's unnaturally good. Like at like every fight. When me, when I was watching it the second time, there were certain things I was like, okay, Gon's really good at like everything for no reason. Like he's he's really good at like instincts. He's fast. He's got the stupid sense of smell. Like that's like he can smell out things no other human can smell. And it's just like all these other things. It's like okay, that's interesting for a while but then you get used to it and you're like okay whatever the person that i felt had the best development 
was Kiwa because throughout his entire life he was trained as like an assassin. And then like there was that one scene with like the rabbit the rabbit guy. Do you remember that? Where like he was fighting it and he had to fight his inner self of like the stupid thing his brother did to him, like hypnotize him or whatever. Where it's like he was definitely gonna lose this fight because his brother had implanted a thing where it's like if you know you're gonna lose this fight, you need to run. Because that's what I've trained you to do. And then he keeps getting beat, the sh- like, the sh- you know, crap beat out of him. And then he, like, finally goes, wait a minute. I know what I need to do to win. And that's, I need to accept the fact that, yeah, I can die from this. This isn't just, like, a, I'm going to keep fighting until I win. This is, like, I need to accept the fact that I need to fight this hesitantly, you know. Or, no, st- stop fighting this hes- hesitantly and go in, like, guns blazing. Because that's how he is. If he knows he's going to lose, he would always jump back. But he can't do that for this because he needs to make sure that this guy doesn't kill Gon, and that was the whole thing. It, okay, I keep talking about it's during the Chimera arc, right? Yeah, when he his whole thing was like he always fought for himself. You know, whenever it came down to it, um, he eventually he was told by someone I can't remember who it was, but it was like oh Bisky, it was like if you don't win this fight, you have to leave Gon because I know at some point you're going to leave him behind to die. And it was like that development of him going from, all right, I mean, I'm a, I'm a friend, you know, we're, we're friends to I'm your best friend. I'm not letting you go. I will be with you forever. Like that was such a good character development to watch. And like the second time through, it kind of made me tear up a little bit because it was like, you know, this guy, he really does care. You know, it's not just a, I'm here because I have to be here because you're like the only other kid my age. It's like, no, I, I like you as a, you know, really, really, really close friend. And I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And that's, you know, that's why I picked Kido from the show. There's, like, a lot of other things I could mention, but I don't want to ramble on for too long. So, whoever <laughs> else wants to go next, go ahead and take the mantle. So, I'll first ask you a question, you guys. So, have you seen an anime called From the New World? No. Oh, yes, it's I so good. Okay, good. So, the character I picked is called Saki from this show. Now... Um, the cool thing about Saki, so she's this girl who you kind of follow how she grows over the course of, uh, um, let's say, a long time. And the cool thing about her character, I I think, is that she's not necessarily uh, your typical protagonist that is the protagonist because he's powerful or because he's uh, the strongest or she's just a good leader. But also, she's a good leader because she carries on. Whenever, like, terrible things happen, ar- happen around her, are happening around her. So even though it, it hurts her, but she still finds a way to carry on and keep going and find a way to find a solution to whatever situation she's in. Um, I, I think I, when I first uh, watched the show, uh, quite uh, not too long ago, she was one of the... And I, I, I think she's like one of the best things in this show because she is such a unique character and how, the way she develops over the course of the show is something that like really surprised me. I, I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about this character? I really like the show itself, but I kind of thought she was a weak character because I kind of felt like she was just there. She was just a witness. And it's true that like her unique trait was like her ability to recover emotionally from hardships. But I felt like that was just like a plot convenience. Like 
that's like, like they tell her that is her gift, but I don't see I don't really I didn't really understand what from what she actually did and what she actually went through why she was so special. Like I couldn't get that from her character without them explicitly telling me. So mm. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, sure. I, I get that. But I think it's less about the special part of her and more of just in practicality the way she went about the situation they have been there. Um at least I believe. I mean it was a I, I absolutely love the show and it was a very strange show to watch. But I also think she was like the the way they focused the show on her also gave it a good um way to not get too confused about it because it is a very confusing show sometimes the way it's structured so i think also that's less about their character more about how they de- designed the show i think but um i don't know I, for i need to go back and watch it again because for some reason she really was something a really interesting character to me i mean i get what you say and it's some of it is true definitely um, but I don't know. There's something about it that I really like. So. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, if you interpret her as like sort of your portal to see the world and how she interacts with the world and like how she witnesses what's happening, um, I could definitely see you getting attached to the character. But just me personally, I, maybe I just like I just in my mind separated the character from the world. But that may be just how I watched it. Sure. Another uh, criminally underrated show, in my opinion. Not not a lot of people have seen it. Oh, definitely. I would agree. Yeah, yeah I always try to recommend it. Same. All right. I, I, got, I got another one. Cool. Actually, a pair. Uh, going off what uh, you said about... Um, um, uh, fuck. Sora and Shiro from No Game No Life. Um <laughs> A pair that I always associate, mostly because every single time they're on screen, they're together, uh, is Isaac and Miria from yes. Bacano. They are. I would actually argue that that whole entire uh, show would not be nearly as good without them. Because every single time they're on screen, they completely steal the show. That's fair. They're the, by far the most entertaining characters to watch. They're definitely the funniest. Um... And pretty much all the comic relief in that show stems from them. And they're so, like, they're really good at what they do, but they're so stupid. Wow. <laughs> but it's yeah, like, no, it's, it's, not like, it's, it's not like, it's not like, like, dumb. It's like, they're just not very quick-witted. But it's funny. Yeah. But It's like, they're not intentionally doing a lot of a lot of things that affect their environment, but not really intentionally, maybe. Yeah, and it's like they're really good thieves, but they don't even know how they do have the stuff that they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they go from stealing a door from an entire family's to an entire family's fortune, like within two episodes. It's like, okay, this is good. You guys are on the right track. Yeah, they're probably my favorite comedic duo in anime that I've seen so far. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's almost like half the time it's like watching a Marx Brothers routine. Sure. Definitely. I love their last scene in Bacchanal. Oh, yeah, when they're in the future? 
Yeah. Yeah. When they finally no. realize. No, I don't think we've aged. <laughs> Spoilers. No, yeah. That that old dialogue about now we sa- we gotta save the children from these cell phones. Yeah, that's great. Uh, also, they have a great cameo in Dorara. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. I'm excited. The uh, actually the uh, the guy who wrote it has actually confirmed that those two shows take place in the same universe. Oh, sweet. <laughs> no, I gotta watch Dorara. Yeah, you definitely. <laughs> oh, you should absolutely. Just get off this right now and just go watch. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I promised Quentin that I would that I watch uh, Evangelion next. So, oh, we'll man. see. Well, you can't go wrong either way. Yeah, but you should definitely watch Durara. Sure. Um, what I was gonna, oh, speaking of Durara, that show has an enormous cast, and at some point, most of them become a protagonist of a certain story. Hmm. Like, yep. it, it's really difficult, especially if you read the li- the light novels. It's really difficult to tell who's actually telling the story or what perspective that story is being told from because it seems at certain points that everyone is telling the story at the same time. Oh my god, no, that's way too confusing. The anime was already confusing enough. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like in the anime specifically how they basically, like, there's a narrator in most episodes and they pass that off to different characters. I actually... Oh, like okay, that's that. what's going on. All right, so I didn't get that when I was. For, I'm only like five episodes in, but sometimes I'd be like, "Why is like a random character talking while like it's following yeah, they, another set of characters?" They, they basically pass the narrator duties off to different characters in the anime, which makes it to, to outsiders just coming in that can make it confusing. But it actually makes it more compelling, in my opinion, because you're never really sure what perspective the story you're about to be told is going to be told from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you get their perspective, it actually develops their own character just by them being a narrator, so it's interesting. So, a natural question evolves from this. Who's the main character of Dorara? Say, I will always say that it is Mikado Ryugamine, because he's the first person that's the narrator and the first person on screen. So, it's also there. the first person introduced. Yeah. I don't know his name, but I would have said the main character is the guy that like punches that one guy so hard that his fucking like, pants fly off. Oh, like, Shizuo? Yeah, dude. Like, he's like the funniest <laughs> character I've seen so far. <laughs> Shizuo is great, though. I've only seen five episodes, so don't judge me too hard. It's well, whenever that guy shows say, up. I will say that I love all of the stories that are told from his perspective. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Especially his, like, unbridled hate for Isaiah. It's so great. Hmm. Cool. Um, but yeah... I mean, if, if you were to ask me who the actual, like, central or main character is in Dorara, I would say it's Celty. Because... Oh, I thought you were, were going to say you were going to say um, the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess because that is Celty's head, but so many things in Dorara revolve around Celty. Even if they don't directly revolve around her, they involve her either directly or indirectly. Definitely. I, can I see. would say that's who the central character of Dorara is. She's she's definitely the most marketable character. Yeah. <laughs> is this the chick with the helmet? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
is another protagonist that's also a woman, which I I really like that character. Is uh, the major from Ghost in the Shell? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, she's. I've seen only the original movie, and uh, I Same dropped here. the standalone complex series because really. I just, so, yeah. I mean, I watched a few episodes, and it was to me a bit too episodic. And then some people told me I should try and watch it again because the second season is supposed to be really good. Um. So I will get back into it, but the original movie was like. It was so weird for me to watch it because it's it, it's the way they took that ca- that type of character and they they just did something very interesting with her where she, whether it's just questioning uh, being human while being a cyborg and all these ju- these type of questions are something that really appealed to me and also she's pretty pretty badass so that also helps so yeah. She's definitely very independent. Yeah. Like, she can handle the situation on herself, but she still has the unit to help her out, so... Yeah. She's an interesting character, I think. I think that... While back in the day, back when that was made, you didn't have a lot of really strong, independent, badass female main characters... You have it. You have it more so today than you did back then. But back then, when that first came out, it was like a big shock. Yeah. I remember also, that, that that movie was actually the third anime I ever saw after really? Nos- after Nasca and Samurai Pizza Gets. That's the fir- the third I ever saw, and I actually remember when that was in theaters here in the states, and people were like, "Holy shit." Yeah, it is definitely a very unique film, um, not to mention very well directed. I've se- I remember I've seen an analysis analysis of the film, so basically wanted to uh, sort of describe who the major really is, and he actually started talking about the way in one scene you could uh, see her room and how it's pretty much just like nothing in it, and how you could relate that to her character, which. She doesn't really have a personality because maybe she's a bit of um, maybe she's like newly made, you could say, or I don't know. And she's like one of those characters, which is a lot of fun, like trying to study her and trying to understand where she comes from in the sense, like what what are her motives? What is the way of thinking she has? Um, I I think it's a very fascinating film. I had to actually look up not so much the ending but i had to like find out what was the general concept kind of like consensus on the ending of it and like the very first thing i pulled up was why i hated ghost in the shell uh until like five years after i watched it and like that after i read that guy's article it was immediate to me like why i felt so conflicted it was like it's not so much that the movie was bad it's not it's a you know it's fine by itself it was the concept of what was really going on that sold me on the whole this was a really good movie in terms of like what ideas were thrown at me and what I was supposed to do with those ideas, you know? Yeah. And like I remember like not really going anywhere with it um until like maybe a week afterwards when I was talking to a friend and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I didn't really like the movie until afterwards." And then it was like, "Why?" It's like, "Well, I don't know. It was just for me it just didn't feel like the movie was 
amazing until after I had some time to think about, okay, well, what exactly did I just watch, you know? Like, the ending feels yeah. so weird and open that it's almost like I, I feel like they they did it on purpose. But, like, when I was watching it the first time, I was like, I don't really know why they would end it that way. But, yeah, I mean, it's a very unique. Whether you like it or not, I think everyone should at least watch it so they know, mm-hmm. you know, what, what exactly uh, this kind of concept could get. I mean, because we might... I'm not saying we're there, but we might eventually get to a point where it's something relatable to this movie in our own society, you know, where people are like using, um, hey, you know, I'm half android because my body was destroyed in the war or whatever, but we have so much technology at this point that everything except my lungs, heart, brain, and eyes are, you know, mechanical or something, but like, I look and feel human. I think we'll eventually get to that point where it's like, we can keep someone alive obviously on like a machine but maybe we can put them in a machine and they could function like a human you know but then you know the other concept i don't really want to get into because it'll be spoilery um you know yeah yeah you, you know what i mean yeah it's definitely a film that asks you asks you to think about it and try to figure out what it means to you i think yeah anyway <laughs> i agree um <laughs> I was trying to think. Um, I got one, unless you get, you want to go. Okay, go ahead. I go got ahead. one. All right, Jason, one, you, you can do it, Jason. Then I'll go after you. All right. Uh, I really like uh, Hajime Ichinose from uh, Gotcha Man Crowds. Uh, she's another female character. Uh, it's kind of like quirky and, and weird, and people kind of think she's an airhead. But the way she sees the world, it's like... She doesn't see just what's immediately in front of her. She sees the whole bigger picture and everything, and, and things aren't always just black and white. There's whole kinds of shades of gray. And so, like, she's just one of those people that's always trying to find another option instead of just, like, oh, that person's bad. Let's beat the crap out of them. She, like, always just tries to find the bigger picture, is willing to sacrifice herself to show, like, her teammates, like, you know, this isn't necessarily the right way to do it and stuff like that. So I just really like that whole worldview that she has. Uh, Gotchman Crowds itself is really good and like the whole commentary on society and everything I really recommend people to see it but I don't know I don't, there's not really very many characters that I've seen that are like her in anything um, but yeah I don't, I don't know if any of you guys have seen Gotchman Crowds I've heard the main theme of it the Gatchaman theme and I absolutely loved it and I really need to watch that show <laughs> you really should it's really good I think it's really underrated uh not a lot of people talk about it because it wasn't like the original Gotcha Man and stuff like that. But like all the com- they have like commentary on like social media and and all this other stuff, and it's really good. I really like it, and she's just a really strong character. I think that they should make more characters like her. All right, cool. Kind of sucks that no one else has seen it. <laughs> I can't really bounce <laughs> ideas off anybody. <laughs> Okay, so the character I was going to pick um, is Kema Katsuragi from uh, The World God Only Knows. And the reason why, like, I think he's a really good um, protagonist. Not so much, I wouldn't so much call him a hero, but I'm going to say, like, as the main character of the story um, in a really well-written harem. Normally harems can be cheesy with the whole, like, panty shots and blank, blank, blank. But, like, this is so well put together in terms of like okay there's all these different characters especially all the different women that are like you know what what makes each different character or what makes each uh, girl different from the last you know and the way 
that Kama gets through to every single girl is always unique because he doesn't really care about like uh, relationships so much. You know, and the main reason he's doing this is because he has to. But then, and I'm going more by the manga at this point. Um, later on, it gets to the point where it's like we see him develop actual feelings for a character um, who he then picks at the end. I'm not going to spoil it, but he picks a character. Uh, the wrong character, but he picks a character, and then <laughs> he um, decides to go and actually pursue her. And it was like, I don't know. At first when I was reading it, I kind of think the only reason he picked her is because what he put her through. It was the only girl he actually fully played with her feelings. Not because he ha- not because he, um, he wanted to, but because it was one of those things where it's like, okay, um, I have to basically make this girl open up to me. And then when it was like, I think they were about to kiss. That was it. He needed he needed her to kiss him. And then he fe- he realizes, wait a minute, we have kissed before, and that didn't open up. Which means, oh, okay, you're not the girl. And then it's like, I need to fully push her away. And he basically broke her heart because she had never opened up to anybody but him. And then he was just like, oh, I can't believe you actually thought I liked you. And then he turns away and he's like, I'm so sorry for doing that. Which they show in the in the anime. But then in the manga, because, you know, he was such a douche for doing that, he actually was <laughs> like, look, if you really, really want me to repent, I'll marry you right now. <laughs> or no, he asked her to marry him. And then, like, the parents are, like, there at this point, And it's just like, boy, you better get over here because I'm about to break your neck. <laughs> and that's the dad. Like, all, like <laughs> you literally just came to my house in the middle of the night to ask my daughter to marry you. All right, come here. <laughs> and then, yeah. I don't know, I just thought he was really good, because, like, the way he handles every girl is, you know, not every... No, I don't think any guy could do what he did. Because he... The only reason he knew how to do all that is because he's such a gamer with, like, Aroga and stuff. So, like... Or not Aroga, it was, like, visual novels and dating sims and stuff. But, like, I don't know. It was just fun to watch a character who only spent his life playing video games actually do something that had to do with not gaming. (laughs) I'm, I'm done talking about it because, like, I don't know if anybody else here has seen it. So, yeah, I've seen it. It's on my plan to watch list or it's, plan to read list. One it's of them. so good. <laughs> I would recommend watching the anime and then reading it because the anime decides to basically get to a really good part, and then it's like, hey, we're just gonna cut it here. And then you'd think, well, I mean, that's that's that seems like it would end there. And then you're like, oh, no, 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 no. How about the entire world hangs in the balance in the manga compared to this arc? And you're like, oh, okay, maybe I am supposed to read past that. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I recommend it to anyone. And the first season is actually kind of slow. Um, I remember really, really having to push myself to read like the first 40 chapters or something. It was just, I got to the point where I'm like, okay, every single new girl is basically like, okay, we got to read on, we got to get a read on her emotions and why does. Why does she matter? And, you know, how is she different from every, from every character? And then after a while, you start to get to the point where it's like, all right, so it's not so much about the girls anymore. It's more about how he continues to develop relationships with these people and how he has to change it up because of the story asking him to do it. Sometimes he has to conquer a girl twice because it's like they forget all about him by the end of the thing. And then it's like, oh, guess what? She needs to, uh, I need to go out with her again because of the story is requiring me to. And then when it's like, oh, her personality changed? Fuck. Now what am I supposed to do? Like, it's an entire, uh, arc where this one girl basically takes the dominant role over him. 
and he keeps saying like, what? Well, I'm not supposed to get conquered. I'm the guy. I conquer girls. What's going on here? And it's because this girl was like, she goes down like this, uh, you know, dresses like a guy and then tries to be like, no, you're mine now. And I just, I don't know. I really like that show and I like talking about it. So speaking of, um, shows that have, uh, really strong female protagonists, uh, Black Lagoon has Revy, um, who is like batshit crazy and, I absolutely love her, and I actually think she's one of the greatest uh, female anime protagonists of all time. Um, mostly because she is so unpredictable, and she drives the plot along in such an unpredictable fashion. But, I don't know what you guys think. Haven't seen it. Same here. You've never seen <laughs> Black Lagoon? No. no. What are you fucking doing with your life? <laughs> Having good taste. Oh, <laughs> shit! Shots fired. Woo, Are you gonna okay. get the figure? Uh, oh, the new figure they... Oh, I want it so bad. That expression is a bit off, in my opinion. I, I don't care, it's Revy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. That outfit she wears is not bad. Yep. Saying. And she's also, like, an American, which is... Well, back then was not something you got a lot of. It's more... Um, um, I guess what you call it more uh, common now, but um, yeah, mm. she's an American. Not a lot of people actually realize that when they watch the show. Interesting. <laughs> but if you actually if you watch the show dubbed, you certainly don't realize it. But if you watch it subbed, they, they try to desperately point out that she's American by having her speak this actual absolutely broken Eng- English. <laughs> All the time, or is it like a couple scenes or something? Uh, there's one scene where it's like pretty, pretty bad. It, it's very obvious that the seiyuu that's doing it understands nothing about what she's saying. She's just been given something to read. Yeah, sometimes when they try and like say, oh, you know, he's American or whatever, and then they have the person do the voice, it's like, is it really that hard to find like an American to do that voice? I mean, maybe if it's like a one-time scene, it's not worth it to hire someone who sounds exactly like the Japanese person to, you know. Well, I mean, it's worth pointing out that there are certain seiyuu that are pretty fluent in English. Oh, yeah. It's, it, nowadays, it's, it's very common that someone can, you know, do both languages pretty well. Like, there's no way, even though I know a lot of Japanese, there's no way that I could do, like, a whole show and just speak it and, like, it would sound natural, you know. Like, I'm, I'm American, so yeah. my, I'm going to have that accent that's like, well, obviously he's not Japanese. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's definitely some of the younger seiyuu out there can definitely, definitely speak at least a little bit. Maybe conversational, maybe not fluent, but definitely conversational English. And it doesn't sound as broken as some people that they get that obviously speak no English whatsoever. Like you're kidding. It's like no, yeah, you're kidding. <laughs> it's a terror and resonance reference. <laughs> don't watch. Don't don't watch it sub. It's terrible. Yeah, Revy. Revy is great. If you haven't seen Black Lagoon, go fucking watch it, show. <laughs> anyway, I'm done with Revy. Cool. Um, speaking of unhinged characters, uh, spoilers for School Live incoming, uh, the main character of School Live, uh, which I can't remember her name for some reason, which is not good, but Yuki. anyway. Yuki. Yuki, yes, thank you. Um, Yuki. Yuki, indeed. 
she's a she's not my favorite character in that show, but I absolutely love that concept of like she, she acts in a certain way because of some events that occurred during the show, and I absolutely love that when they play with the with the with how the human psyche works and the way it changes throughout the show is just something that I personally really dig. So, yeah, that that's a pretty cool protagonist, I think. Yeah, I really liked her, and she was a really good character, but I just couldn't get into her because it's too much Moe. Yep. No Moe, no problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never give up on that expression. So Alex was saying that Revy was the... Um, Best Female Protagonist in Anime, which is an interesting title, which I would not award to Ravi, obviously, because I have not watched um, whatever show she's from. Black fucking Lagoon. <laughs> uh, that one. Um, who I would consider the best female protagonist is Ryuka Matoi from Kill la Kill. I, I agree. Oh, you agree? Okay, that's good. Because I really like her because she acts totally not feminine at all she acts completely masculine aggressive um loud um like in your face violent um but she still maintains her femininity so i really like that melding and i really like how she brings together the show with her charisma and she's just i just really think that a lot of female characters can follow her lead in that they can take control and be dominant in a show and and the show can like be driven by a female force um, and not have all the female characters be like delegated to the sidelines as like submissive and peripheral. So I really like that one character and that show itself. Thanks for some great hentai too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. No, seriously, they have she some- Really yeah. sexy outfits. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But like, if you could call them outfits, I call them just strings. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I agree with that. I think she was a really good um, character for the show, and I'm glad that she was the main character. Although I would honestly say to almost like she is by herself, but like Senketsu was such an integral part of her like phys- uh, character that it was like I felt like they were almost like the Shiro and Sora thing, but to a lesser degree of, like, she's the main character, he's there as a, like, hey, I'm your buddy, you know? Like, I'm here with you. Because, I mean, they they talked all the time. It wasn't just constantly um, her by herself. It was actually interesting, because it's kind of like a role reversal, where Senketsu was voiced by a male voice actor, but, like, the male sort of role in this show is as a tool and as a means and not as an actual character whereas all the personality comes from the female yeah so i felt like that kind of supported that i'm glad he wasn't like an emotionless you know thing though he actually did have emotions like he he was like whoa whoa what are you doing you can't be like stretching me out because like that one time when the what is her name mako's mom or whatever like takes him and like starts to clean him and everything it's like what are you doing oh it feels so good oh i've never been like steam clean before or whatever and it's just like you know what i'm talking about right Uh uh-huh yeah that was like honestly though like i don't know that show was so weird for me when i was watching it (sighs) 
it's it's a pretty weird show in general let's be honest yeah (laughs) weird but amazing (laughs) 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 good memories (laughs) (laughs) um there's another character that i know show doesn't agree but shut up (laughs) um that i really really love and that's just because he exemplifies what I call, well, what is called the rule of cool. And that's uh, Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Yes. Mm. He just exudes, like, absolute cool and chill and, like, this person you want to hang out with. It's also, um, there's one point in the series that I absolutely love how, like, okay, so throughout the series, they encounter all these different people. And they meet them and they see what kind of problems they have in their life, but they still don't let it affect them. They don't want to get attached and because they have their own problems. They're poor and they try to survive. But then at one point in the show, which I'm sure you guys will know what I'm talking about, there's that one scene where Spike and uh, Jet are eating eggs. And then you sort of, the way they act, I love it how you can see that they got it attached. So that's like... It, it's the cool thing of taking a character like Spike, who is, yeah, he's like, goes by the rule of cool and he doesn't get attached to any, any almost anything. And, and then you put him in a situation where he does get attached to different people and the way he sort of um, reacts to it is, I absolutely love, love how that certain scene was directed, that they both were like just eating these eggs and, you know, Thinking about the things that happen, I just don't want to spoil it. Just I love, it. I love that scene. It's actually one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. So good. Um, it's 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 nice to see how just for that one moment, these characters drop their guard. Yeah. And you actually get to see what they're really like on the inside. Yeah, that that episode made me feel something. It was I wasn't expecting that to happen. It gave you the feels. Indeed. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I love that show in general. I have very fond memories of watching it on um, on Toonami when it was originally aired. Um, but I just love that character too. Um, definitely one of the shows and one of the characters that kept me into anime. Not necessarily got me into it, but definitely kept me into it. Sure. So, who's next? Does anybody else have another one, or should I just go with mine? Go ahead. Uh, I don't really have any more. Okay, so I've talked about it before, but like I don't think I've ever really brought up why I like this specific character. Um, so his name is well, I'm just gonna go with the show. So the show is one out. So I've talked about it before, but like the main character is like the, like the coolest guy ever. <laughs> like this guy does not give a fuck, and like he so one outs is a baseball show, but it's more than that. It's like imagine if. I used to joke, like, with my friend about this. Like, imagine if Death Note was good throughout the entire thing. And that's one ounce. And then he always just goes, oh, okay, 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 nice burn, okay. No, but seriously, it's one of those things where it's like... (sighs) Okay, so let me explain this real quickly. One ounce is a game in baseball where basically for every time you... if If you're the pitcher and you, you know, strike someone out... You win. But if they get a hit off of you 
and it you know goes past second base. They didn't just bunt or you know hit a foul ball or whatever. Then they win, and it's one of those things where people bet like who out of these two people is going to win. Well, it gets to the point where the game kind of changes when this one guy actually gets drafted into the actual like Japanese baseball league. I don't really know how theirs works, but uh, basically he gets drafted in. Because of some situation, and the the manager is like, or no, the owner is like, yeah, I just don't know why this guy's here, and it's like, you know, we're probably just going to fire you immediately, right? And he talks to him and says, all right, let's do this. Instead of I play one game and then I get fired for not whatever, playing obviously, because you're not going to let me play, let's do this. For every time I get an out, I get 50,000, or no, I get 5,000 yen. Every time I let someone score a run... I'll pay you 50,000 yen. And it was like, the guy's like, well, obviously I'm going to take that bet. And so they play it out. And it's like, as soon as he gets three outs, don't ever let him play again. We'll fire him. He'll owe me like 150 or no, I can't remember. Maybe it's 500,000 yen. It was a lot of money though. And it gets to the point where it's like, nobody else knows about the game, but every other team is always doing things that are like, oh man, they're trying to cheat. Or maybe like they have, at one point there's a team where it's like, they have this the fastest baseball runner in the world. Why? Because he's a sprinter. He wasn't. He was the second fastest sprinter, like in the world. But the guy drafted him to be on a baseball team, making him the world's fastest, you know, like runner in baseball. And it was always like, no matter how fast you throw the ball, he can make it from third base to home faster than you can. It was and it was all these different tricks where it's like, how can you beat someone like that if you physically can't win? And, you know, there's a couple of tricks he uses where at one point he, like, calls a meeting or he calls, like, a group thing and pulls them in. It's like, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. And they're all like, all right. So then the guy leads off. And if you don't know what leading off is in baseball, it's basically when you – basically you were on a base and you move a little forward so you can get that extra distance when you steal a base. He was doing that. Then the third baseman walks forward, tags him with the glove and says, cool. And then he's out because he had the ball. They never, you know – they kept going. That doesn't mean, like, you know, you can legally do that. It's kind of, you know, a scumbag thing to do. But it's like, how are you supposed to win if this guy is going to beat you no matter what you do? And it was like, after a while, you kind of feel like, okay, this character is putting all this, you know, effort forward to not get screwed out of millions of dollars because this guy keeps, you know, working with all the other team managers. Like, look, I need you to make sure this guy loses a lot of runs because that's what it starts to get into it's almost between um the main character and the owner at one point it's like look you're gonna owe me 10 million by the end of the day even though i technically owe you like 14 million it's like all right we'll see and i don't want to get too much into it just go watch it it's great it's my favorite sports anime if we're ever gonna get into that but um i just really like the main character because he just doesn't give a fuck and he he plays to win and that's how you should play and i'm done <laughs> All right, I think that's a good place to stop. Cool. Okay, so I guess I'll take over from here. All right, so if you enjoyed the show, which I hope you did, um, you can get a hold of us by going to our email and sending us one at uh, Anime Club After Dark at Gmail dot com. Uh, we also have two Facebook pages. Well, one's a group. If you ever want to join us and post stuff, which I haven't posted in a while because I've just been really busy. But um, they're both Anime Club After Dark. One of them is the page. Follow us. Um, if these guys ever post anything, that'd be great. Uh, if you want to, like, 
join the group. Really? It's, yeah. It, what? Dude, I can't fucking post anything, man. I'm not I'm not good at coming up with like snappy comments or like Shotaro's sass where it's like, mmm, step up. <laughs> Let's be honest, Shotaro's sass is the reason people listen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not good at coming up with like funny or worthwhile posts on Facebook. AK, I only have a Facebook account so I can follow other people. <laughs> Um, what else do we have? Uh, I'm probably missing something. Is there only three? Th- oh, wait, there's, there's the Tumblr page. But that's not our page. That's Chinoda's page. Or Chinoda's oh, dungeon. Oh, Chinoda's little dungeon where he hides all the, uh, the, the Yuri, the Yaoi, and the Yaori whenever you combine them together. <laughs> we just call that. <laughs> we just call that normal. <laughs> I would call that being straight, but okay. Yeah. Um, unless I'm forgetting something, that's it. I don't have an outro song today because I'm lazy and I didn't want to try and get the rights to play one. So, sorry guys. And unless you wanted to listen to another Amelie song, which I don't want to play two of those in a row. So, go ahead. Our, uh, our, our lovely, our lovely, lovely website, animeclubafterdark.com. Oh yeah, the main thing... (laughs) I was like, there's something else I'm missing, but I don't remember what it was. You can listen to this and all of our previous episodes. At Anime Club After Dark. Don't, don't leave me hanging like that, man. Now you made me look like some bad guy. <laughs> no, but yeah, Anime Club After Dark. Uh, just, you know, dot .com. Uh, go there. Sometimes we got top sevens, because this guy's a fucking weeb. It has to, like, not follow the norm. Excuse me. They're senpai sevens. They're clever. <laughs> Um, then after that, or I mean, not after that, but if, like, if you want to, you know, you can follow us on SoundCloud, or you can, you know, be the normal person and listen to us on iTunes, which is probably how you're listening to us. Um, eventually we might, you know, we might do, might do YouTube page, maybe, if we ever, uh, get, you know, cameras for ourselves, which probably not going to happen because we don't have a Patreon yet. Um, but yeah, go ahead and take us out, Alex, because I'm done. All right. Uh, well, listen. As always, I have been Alex, and I will see you next time. Say good night, Marcus. Night, everybody. No monster goes this week. Sorry. Show. Marcus is looking for a Patreon grinder. Hit him up. He's lonely. Listen to our outro. <laughs> Jason, say good night. Good night, Jason. <laughs> and our, our our special guest for tonight, uh, Nitai, say goodnight. Goodnight. Thanks for having me. And don't worry, Marcus. I'm here for you. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>